Are you ready, Christine? I sure am. Are you ready, Ma? I am. Let's go. We're back. We are back. Our first podcast in May because Christine has been traveling, you know, across the United States and such. So, uh, but in the middle of all that, we got to be together for a long weekend, which was amazing. But we are traveling to Aaron's neck of the woods, Southern California. Welcome, welcome, everyone. We are doing the movie The Runaways. I remember saying I wasn't done with Tatum O'Neill, and that's why I wanted to do this. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until her part was over that I went, oh, that was her part. Yes. Wow. The film follows two teenage girls as they form a band and rise from rebellious Southern California kids to rock stars of the now. Is that what I wrote? That's what you, that's what you said. <laughs> of the now. Rock stars of the now. Rock stars of the now. Oh, yeah, I like that. That's, uh, well, that could that's be our spinoff podcast. <laughs> Hey, have you heard about Bob Dylan? Rock star of the now. That guy. Wow. Aaron, the particulars? Mm. <clears throat> the Runaways premiered at Sundance on January 24th, 2010, and it was released in U.S. theaters on March 19th, 2010. It is written and directed by Floria Sigismondi. This is her feature film debut. She's directed music videos for Katy Perry, Rihanna, Pink, David Bowie, and Justin Timberlake, just to name a few. Wow. Shout yeah. out to Rihanna's baby. I yeah. know. Can't wait to see that picture. I, I know. Like, how can that kid not be gorgeous? And no like pressure. you're already rich, yeah. and I like you know, like you'd never have to work a day in your life. You could be the shittiest singer that there ever would be, and you'd still get a record deal. But yet, I feel like Rihanna, she she's one of those celebrities that has like at least to me has this vibe of. I know that I'm rich and a celebrity, but I still have my Barbados roots in me. Like she still yeah. feels rich Barbados. Yeah. Yes. That's how she gets to be now. Good for her. But yeah. Maybe. Whether I'm just assuming it's I don't know what she had. I don't even and you know. know what? And neither does she. Right. Mm -hmm. Because ah, the, ah. the baby will let you know what gender it is. Yeah, I think gender reveal parties need to go out the window because they never needed to come in the window. I and saw a meme the other day that said something to the effect of, um, I must have picked the right group of friends since I've never been invited to a gender reveal party. Oh, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, but the fact that I've never been invited to a gender reveal party means I've cut the right people out. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm invited to one. Oh. Coming up. Should you, we'll get you a t-shirt that says gender is a construct. <laughs> yes. And um, actually, that family would be fine with it. Ah, oh, th is this just a money grab? They're just doing it for the gifts? I... 
Uh, I don't think so. I think it's um, like me. I don't know, because uh, this is um, Diane's daughter. So. Um, oh, she's having a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Congratulations. Yeah, so she um, and she doesn't she shies away from the spotlight. So um, I'm surprised she's doing a gender reveal, but. Well, hey, if you want to do it, you want to do it. Yeah. yeah we haven't figured out as a society how to move past that yet. Yeah, so. I know. And we get some of Diane's cookies. So it's all going to be good. Yeah. Maybe sometimes, sometimes Wait, these things do you are take just... A, do you take a gift to a gender reveal? Yeah, it's like a baby shower. I assume that's why they did it. You yeah, know, people they... don't throw parties anymore unless they're expecting a gift. Uh, yeah, understood. Yeah. Yeah. So get to get your watercolors out and start start painting a gift from the heart. You're an artist. Put on your kimono. No, you could shop at Little Nomad online. Writing it down, Teeny. Anthony and Nora's um, shop in Richmond. Oh, Oh, yeah. I was about to say, like, what are we doing ads for? But yes, Little Nomad. In Brooklyn? In Richmond. 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 Oh, excellent. Um, oh, I will. Solange herself bought, went in there <gasps> and bought gifts. <gasps> so it's bona fide, guys. Bona fide. You 17 listeners. You just I got know. It. But if they tell 17 and then they tell 17? Mm-hmm. So viruses work. She also directed. Sorry, what are we talking about? Oh, okay. I'm I'm talking about the how this is written and directed by Floria Sigismondi, and she did a lot of music videos, and she also did episodes of The Handmaid's Tale and mm. the film The Turning. It's based on the book Neon Angel: Colon, a memoir of a runaway by Cherie Curry. Um. In real life, Sheree Curry's lead singer of The Runaways. She was also in the film Little Foxes, or Foxes with Jodie Foster. And she currently has a gallery in Chatsworth, California, right down the street in the valley out here, where she is a wood carving artist and her tool of trade, a chainsaw. She's a chainsaw artist. Yeah, okay. I saw that at the end and I was like, what? Yes, yeah, she's an award, a worldwide award-winning. She's been, a, she's won awards at three World Chainsaw Championships. And those have to be, those have to be amazing. You can, you can go online. It's really art. good. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was her calling. So check it, check out what this woman does with a chainsaw. The pictures of her are great. <laughs> are incredible not just of her art but yeah check that out the music is by Lillian Berlin they're a singer songwriter based in LA um, they fronted the punk band Living Things and have scored short films for Gucci, Prada and BMW to name a few the director of photography is Benoit Debbie who also shot Irreversible, Enter the Void, and Spring Breakers. It's edited by Richard Chu, who also... Listen to what this guy has edited. Okay, I have to get off this website. Thank you, Teeny. That's beautiful. 
The Conversation, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Star Wars, Waiting to Exhale, and That Thing You Do, just to name a few. This wow. guy's career, the gamut that he runs. It's amazing. Um, so now we have starring Dakota Fanning as Cherie Curry. We met her as a little, little girl, and I am Sam. She was also. Oh, I thought you met her. <laughs> no, like we, as in the, the film going we. Okay, yeah. Oh, but my friend Alex was like, did meet her. He, when it was around this time when she was a little girl, he worked as a bodyguard and he had nothing. He loved Dakota Fanning. He was just, that little girl had him wrapped around her finger. Yeah. It, he raved about it. It was her. for the uh, Man on Fire premiere that he was guarding her. That's right. Mm -hmm. He was just she says that she was so lovely and delightful. Um, so we're Dakota adjacent. Okay, yeah. six degrees. Yeah. Uh, she was also in Once Upon a Time in Mexico, and more recently, The Alienist. And I don't know if anybody else is watching this, but I highly recommend it because she plays the daughter of Betty Ford. I believe her name is Susan Ford. Yes, yes. In The First Lady, which is a show on Showtime about Eleanor Roosevelt, depicted by Gillian Anderson. Michelle Obama, played by Viola Davis, and Betty, Betty Ford. Ford, who I just have to say, I know that she's been working all this time and stuff, but I am so happy that Michelle Pfeiffer is back in my life. I I love Michelle Pfeiffer and her Betty Ford, all, all three actresses, fantastic oh, performances, but man, just every time I see Michelle Pfeiffer, I'm just like, man. Don't go away again. Just stay here. And looks amazing. And and what a what a nice tribute to Betty Ford. Betty Ford would have to be thrilled that Michelle Pfeiffer is playing her. I mean, who wouldn't be? Yes. Um, so it's just crazy looking at these IMDBs because Dakota Fanning, she has a younger sister, Elle Fanning, and she's mm -hmm. everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to think that Dakota Fanning, oh, she's a child star and now Singer is 18. But when you go through her Wikipedia and her IMDB, Dakota Fanning's been working solidly this entire time. Mm -hmm. She went from child yeah. actress to just still going and growing up. And so hats off to her. And we don't hear of craziness. So if she's doing craziness, she's got good people covering it up for her. Mm -hmm. We have Kristen Stewart as Joan Jett. She was in The Panic Room, The Twilight Saga, and most recently she was nominated for an Academy Award as in Spencer. Um, Michael Shannon, who played Kim Fowley, he was born in Lexington, Kentucky. He looks like he was. <laughs> He was also in Take Shelter, Man of Steel, and Knives Out. We have Riley Keough. She plays Marie Curry. Did, did you know that they were twins? No, I Shuri. never got that. Yeah, they're, they're twins in real life. This, I thought Marie was the older sister. I did too, but no, they're twins in real life. Um, Riley, this was her film debut. She was also in Magic Mike, Mad Max Fury Road, and The Girlfriend Experience. And Nerd Alert, her grandfather is Elvis Presley. 
Why are you looking at me? No, like, I'm wondering who the did, father was. Did you see there's a new Elvis thing coming out? Yes, I did. I have to say, I was in the elementary school library shelving books, doing my, you know, community service, trying to get my hours done. And um, <laughs> did you commit a crime? <laughs> no, but there were kids talking about Elvis Presley. Do you see, did you find an Elvis Presley book? Uh, and yeah. I'm going, how do they know about Elvis Presley? Because of white supremacy. Don't worry, guys. Wait for cast. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah, but there is there is a new Elvis movie and the, the Tom Hanks is in it. The guy who plays Elvis is supposedly really good. It's Baz Lorman who did Moulin Rouge. Uh I am, and you know, I love a biopic. I'm a little trepidatious because based on the trailer I saw, it kind of made Elvis out to be a civil rights icon. And I don't think that that's at all what the deal was. So this I never got that from him. But I also didn't see that. I guess I saw a different trailer. Yeah. So I'm like, let's see the tap dancing that people are going to put on for this. We also have Stella Mauve as Sandy West, a.k.a. the drummer. She was in Brooklyn's Finest, Chicago PD, and The Magician. Scout Taylor Compton as Lita Ford. She was in Charmed, Nashville, in the 2007 Halloween film. We have Johnny Lewis as Scotty. Um, He was in Sons of Anarchy, and more on him in Tasty Titties. Um, Aaliyah Shawkat who is maybe in Arrested Development. She played Cat Robbins, who is actually bassist Jacqueline Fuchs. But by this time, she's Jacqueline Fuchs is an attorney in the entertainment field, and she chose not to release her rights for the film. So that's why she's Robin Robbins in the film. And the Runaways went through so many bassists. It was like the... There was a, there was a joke, I think, in Spinal Tap, or one of those movies, where the band members kept going and being filed through i think it was the drummer that kept dying but it reminded me of that when i was reading about it um Aaliyah's also in arrested development search party and drunk history robert romanus he was the guitar teacher he might he looked very familiar to me and that's because he was the ticket scalper in the film fast times at ridgemont high and he's oh. also been in The Facts of Life and stuff. And then finally, we have the reason that Ma picked this film. Tatum O'Neill as Marie Harmon. Um, she's Marie Harmon is a singer and Cherie's mother. Tatum O'Neill, as we know, is in The Bad News Bears, Paper Moon, and Little Darlings. Yeah. And, and those are the particulars. Outstanding. Um, I did finish Tatum O'Neill's second um, memoir. Man, man, she had, she has had a life. Okay, I'm going to set the table. The movie starts with two sisters in 1975 South, uh, South mm-hmm. California from a dysfunctional family. Cherie Curry wins her high school talent contest by lip-syncing David Bowie. We meet Joan Larkin, who becomes Joan Jett. She wants to learn to play the electric guitar and start the first all-female rock band. What could go wrong? A lot. (laughs) 
Do you hear the ice cream man outside no, our door? Yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> what the, the ice cream man never came. What no. in the? In no. all, unbelievable. <laughs> okay, so we are to POC, and I'm going to leave it to you because I don't remember seeing any people of color. I have, there are a lot of Japanese people because oh, they yes. went to Japan. Yes, they but did. Then, but then there was stuff that they got wrong. So when they're in Japan, um, the magazine cover is on the wrong side because they read oh, from yeah. right to left. And the limo is on the wrong side of the road. Oh, good call. And then also, I, I also just threw in that they, like the when they're in Japan, because that's where they were the most famous, that they get to pick that the Japanese uh, fans there got like, not a great depiction for them. They like break through glass mm -hmm. and like run screaming through. So it's just, just a tough beat on, on the old POC count. Okay. I was, I mean, this was supposed to take place in 1975 and there were a lot of people of color around in 1975. I was just surprised there weren't any shown in this. Yeah. And, uh, so am I after doing my research for cast. So, <laughs> well, I will say this. Um, when I was watching it, Poppy asked what I was watching, and I told him. And I said, You know, I was never a Joan Jett fan. And he said, If you were, we wouldn't be together. So, oh, that's funny because I like Joan Jett, but I got Joan Jett for the I Love Rock and Roll. It's yeah. Neat. Like all of her songs were all like, drum heavy yeah and then like then she covered crimson and clover and i'm a big tommy james and the shondells fan but that's neither here nor there <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh cast teeny anybody want to jump in I'll let you take this away i left it blank for aaron mm -hmm. okay so <laughs> I watched the film and then I'm looking, doing the POC count. I'm like, oh, I didn't really see any black people in this film. And then I've done what I've taken to do since doing this podcast. And I Googled, did black women invent? And then I just put in whatever the thing is. So in this case, I put in Google, did black women invent rock and roll? And Google spit out to me. Quote, it's time to celebrate the black women who invented rock and roll by Callie Holloway. And I, so I read this, saw this article, was like, well, I'll be doggone it. Turns out black women invented rock and roll. America. Have you, have you all heard of Memphis Minnie? Yes, actually. Nice. Willie Mae Big Mama Thornton. Because mm -hmm. I, I looked at the same article. Ah, nice. <laughs> Bessie Smith? Yes. Yeah. How about Sister Rosetta Tharp? Mm-hmm. So it's just insane. Right, TD, reading the article? Yeah. Like, what? All right. Rock has always been raced and gendered as white and male. This, this, I'm getting this straight from the article. Sister Rosetta Tharp was a queer black woman from Cotton Plant, Arkansas. Damn. Quote, 
she was labeled as or uh, billed as quote a singing and guitar playing miracle by age six. Oh wow! In the late 1940s, she revised several gospel songs and played guitar solos that were out of this world. The Jordanaires were a white backing band. That was her white backing band, and they would go to, go on to play with a man that we've already mentioned, Elvis Presley. We back them. Um, Chuck Berry and the Jordanaires, the guitar player, because um, Sister Rosetta, she had this picking style, which is crazy because I don't play guitar with a pick hardly ever. I was just picked, and I don't know where I got it from. People are always like handing me picks. I'm like, no, I just pick, and she does too. And I'm like, oh my gosh! And the way that she picked one of the guitar players with the Jordanaires, he was obsessed with it. And so it's just crazy how they go on and they go on to back Elvis. And what happens to Elvis? He becomes super huge and famous. King um, of rock and roll. Okay, so what about the what about the black man that everybody says is is, you know, the the father of rock and roll, Chuck Berry? What did he say? He said his whole career is just quote, one long Rosetta Tharp impersonation. Oh wow. The man who is credited with inventing rock and roll. Stole it from a black woman. Um, Johnny Cash, who's your favorite singer of all time? Rosetta Tharp. <laughs> wow. Um, Bob Dylan. Quote, a lot of young English guys picked up a guitar after getting a look at her. Oh, Rosetta, this is what she said. Quote, in 1957... All this new stuff they call rock and roll? Well, I've been playing that for years now. She died in 1973, and her gravestone remained unmarked until 2008. Wow. Mm -hmm. Damn. She was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2018. Oh, my gosh. Uh Uh-huh. It's nuts. And then I just want to point out that this, like, cast, we watched this whole movie that we're going to get into with just the misogyny and all the things that they go through in this movie. And they're always, like, breaking up against the patriarchy and all of this stuff. And it's in the late 70s, right? But this is an example of how cast hurts everyone. You think, like, and there's no mention whatsoever of any of these black women pioneers in this film. And part of it is probably like the whitewashing that happened with the history of rock and roll and they don't have Google. Now you can go on Google, you can see Memphis Minnie, you can see Big Mama Thornton, Bessie Smith. There's a lot, there's so many performances on YouTube of Sister Rosetta Tharp playing the guitar and just rocking out and being like, oh my God, this woman did invent rock and roll. This is insane. And so the quote from Kaylee Holloway, in her thing she says quote in her article they say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery but that's only true when the imitation is recognized as such black women were doing rock and roll before it had a name and they deserve to be recognized in the same household in the same household way as the men who followed suit those little boys learn about, I assume they were boys, sorry, my bad. Your students that you overheard talking about Elvis. Oh, Elvis. They were boys. How yeah. did you know that? <laughs> I don't know, because <laughs> the runaways told me that rock and roll is for men. 
that's what this whole movie is about. And it turns out that the whole thing was invented by black women. Mm-hmm. Of course. Do you want to add anything, Teeny? Anybody? You covered it. Well done. All right. I always look forward to your um your cast because you see things I don't. Um, so. Yeah, I mean it's just because it, but a lot of it is from like things that get get popped into place and being old enough to realize. Well, wait a second. For what I've seen of American history so far, is there more to this? And then. <laughs> And I remember, like, it being passed around, like, during Black History Month and stuff. Like, these videos of this woman with, um, I I think of it as the ACDC guitar. Because that's what Angus Young always played. Oh, uh-huh. But, obviously, it's not because Sister Rosetta was playing it long before Angus Young was playing it. But it's that same kind of guitar. And just doing these soul, just doing, like, everything in like in church wear you know in like sequin gowns and stuff but she's just shredding it and then you hear chuck berry say yeah i've just been impersonating this woman oh wow well now we are to nerd alerts and i don't have any i i i don't have any neither do i well i have 2010 when this film came out march 2010 so um the early part of 2010, we had a 7.0 earthquake in Haiti that killed 316,000 people. Mm. And then we had an 8.8 earthquake in Chile that triggered a tsunami over the entire Pacific and 525 people died. Nate Burkus's, um significant other. No, I thought he died in the, the one that was in... Um, like over in Thailand. Yeah, that was that one. You mean there was more than one tsunami that killed people? But I just thought it was interesting that this is an 8.8, 500 people die. A 7.0, 316,000 people die. You know, I, it's like for the life of me, I can't understand yeah. why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first iPad was released in 2010. Wow. What innocent times. Um, then the movie takes place during the seventies and I just put like the seventies were wild. And then because I've been watching the first lady, I just wanted to point out that the first lady, um, Gerald Ford was president from August 74 to January 77. So kind of in the span Mm -hmm. during this time. Mm -hmm. Also, I believe this would be the, the time period where abortion was legalized in America. Oh yes. Yes interesting the box office results worldwide for 2010 number five is shrek forever number four was inception number three harry potter and the deathly hallows part one number two was alice in wonderland and the worldwide box office winner for 2010 was toy story three the oscar nominations for best picture this was not in there spoiler alert was winter's bone True Grit. Winter's Bone, that's the first time I ever saw uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Toy Story 3, The Social Network. Ugh. Are we due for a social network part two? <laughs> there needs to be a sequel. Um, the Kids Are All Right, Inception, The Fighter, Black Swan, 127 Hours, and the winner, 
which also ties into another thing I'm watching on HBO Max, The Staircase, starring the King's Speech's own that guy. Uh-huh. Colin uh-huh. Firth. <laughs> Colin Firth, yeah. Um, yeah, and those are those are my nerd alerts. And Colin Firth won for the King's Speech. He did. And indeed. I believe Natalie Portman won for Black Swan. Um, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't remember. I don't know. Okay. Maybe. Other nerd alerts. 1975, Poppy and I were married. I moved to Colleen, Texas. Oh. 2010, Chandler was born. Oh. Oh, A moment for our chant. And I have (laughs) to say that Tommy is channeling chant. He's got big chant, big chant energy. Big energy. <laughs> he does indeed. Oh, so polite. That's such a great family dog. He is. Well, he's up here all the time. He's not. He doesn't even go down the steps. Well, he got stuck. I know. That experience. I mean, that's that's going outside, which I hate because he would love to run out there if he. But it's okay. It's up. It's his choice. So now we are to negative reheatables. Okay, I'll start. Um, Picking members of the band just based on their looks. I bet that happened a lot. To this day. Uh, The dirty sink drink. That looked like a really disgusting drink. When she went to her father's liquor cabinet and just poured a little bit of Oh, yeah. And she said it was a little bit of all your parents' liquor so they wouldn't know it was missing. Yeah. Yeah. And they they, they probably had scotch and brandy and And sherry. And they had probably like uh, uh, all those after dinner drinks, like soup. Vodka. That's a Greek one. And like, uh, okay. All that that really sweet, like schnapps and port, ports. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Kim, the um, the uh, manager, he's a negative reheatable, and egos, because egos is what broke um, the band apart, right? Yeah, but ego is what built rock and roll. Well, yeah. So I mean, it's a. Uh, I mean, there, there's a fork in the road there. Those are mine that I wrote down. Others? Um, little boy hecklers. <laughs> I just wrote men. Well. Yeah. Referring to, they kept referring, I mean, toxic masculinity, but they kept referring to them as dogs. Like, Kim kept calling them all dogs. Yes. Know? And he said horrible things to them. Yeah. Touring the country via car or bus. I just have no desire to do Mm -hmm. anything cross country other than being on an airplane. And I'm going to say 1975, not all cars had air conditioning. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It looked like they were not living in air conditioning. No, they were not living their best life. In the valley. Yeah. There was a lot of. And they were wearing a lot of leather. Those leather pants, she never she never changed them? Oh, oh, that was an infection just waiting to happen. Um, Carpet in the supermarket. Oh. But 
it, that still exists in New Jersey. So <gasps> one supermarket, ShopRite in Paramus. There's still carpet in the produce section. It's disgusting. Is it, it carpet or just mold? It has to yeah. just be its own yeah. ecosystem right now. And you can like smell the cheese department across this. It's just gross. Oh, it probably the cure for so many illnesses is in that carpet in Paramus, New Jersey. Yeah. That's uh, how the Safeway up in uh, in Rose Hill used to be. Oh, oh, you could you you would smell it before you walked in. Erin, mm. oh, I have just how well. This is so much about their. They were fifteen. Which they I looked were it up. And so um John Lennon when John Lennon met Paul McCartney, John Lennon was sixteen and Paul McCartney was fifteen. But when they were on um <clears throat> the Ed Sullivan show, they were all pretty much in their early twenties. And then George is younger than them. But so it was just interesting to see because I'm just like they're they're 15 and I don't want to I'm gonna sound outdated here probably in thinking but it was the 70s and the 70s were wild and they were 15 and they were 15 year old women not saying they're like 15 year old men but it's more of the world and how the like. They should be allowed to be out and at 15 and do whatever it is that they want to do, but they're 15. And I know that they, like everybody when they're 15 thinks that they know so much more than they know because you don't know what you don't know when you're 15. But when you're out there, then especially like in the rock scene and stuff, it just felt so much. And so and they were just labeled as jailbait. And that's so icky. Just mm. the idea of jailbait. And that's one of those terms where on one hand, I'm just like, oh, that's what they were called. But then when I kind of unpack it a bit, it's just like, that's, it's so, that's like a fucked up way. Because then it's putting it on them of like, they're because they look like that, then they're baiting somebody into going to jail like it's it's pretty fucked up and misogynistic and that's yeah there's just so and much there were, in it there were no adults with them there was that one dude he was pretty close to their age wasn't he who like the roadie that slept with all of them yeah and like took their money to buy drugs and stuff mm -hmm. it's it's just crazy that they were just 15 and just here, all right, here you go. And then you, mm -hmm. but you could kind of see how, like with Cherie, they alluded to it, but you know, that she had already suffered from some trauma prior to that. And if you do like reading, she was raped by her twin sister's boyfriend. So there's that. And then going into this and then there's that whole thing with, that they show in the movie with her and the, the bus DA kind of mm -hmm. thing. And that's what everybody knows. She did that, and I don't think it was really explained in the movie, but according to her, she did that um, because it was around the time of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm. And so you're like, oh, yeah, that's that's exactly what Dr. What was it? Dr. Frankenfurter was wearing. Yeah. But 
she's so young at 15 that she doesn't she can't conceptualize that you're 15 and wearing this and you're playing rock music and that's all that people are going to look at and that's kind of like i guess why in the movie that the band dismembers and stuff because she does this pose and then it's like she doesn't really realize it it's just that because you're 15 you're not supposed right. to be able to realize it right right um so the the grandmas in me who lived through the depression took umbrage when Cherie lit the filter end of her cigarette and just threw it away. I was like, hey, yeah. hey, hey. <laughs> I know that's a cancer stick right there, but I think we can still save that tobacco. You know, <laughs> we could probably just cut off the burn part and continue. Yep. Um, the boys cleaning up the trailer outside with bare hands. Yes. I was like, oh my gosh. And then to see them get pelted with the trash as part of their training. Was that poop? Yeah. It was like, um, you know what? It was the valley. I was going to say it was dog poop, but you know what? Valley be valleying. It, it was a large dog if it were dog poop. That was a large might, mound. Might not have been a dog. Might Just not saying. have been. Valley always been valley. Um, But then... Their training did pay off. Yeah. In a in a in a weird way. So going back to like the these musical artists and these the young women just getting abused to take the, the road and you're just like like who are we talking about in the other podcast? Like Dinah Washington or somebody like that who like had to get punched in the chest to sing and it prepared them. It's like the story Michael Jackson just getting abused. And this training, and then it makes you like, oh, man, like, the training worked, but it was also very abusive. Exactly. Yeah. Um, There's a horrible little person's reference that it's supposed to be a joke, but it's done by that Kim Fowley guy, and you're kind of like, oh, yeah, fuck this guy for real. Um, <clears throat> He's... In real life, after he died, he has... Uh, okay, fans, that's Mac. Throw it Mac. <laughs> yeah, that's what Mac thinks of Kim Fowley, because he's um he's got rape allegations against him, so... Oh, I'm sure. I knew I had bad vibes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And then to go with what you said earlier, I have leather pants in the valley. I was oh my just God. like, that's a different... You're living a different kind of life. I'm not going to judge you. I just know that what you value is different from what I value. And then I read that in the DVD commentary, Joan Jett was irritated that her character in this was always wearing leather pants. She was like, okay, good. Because that's not the vibe that I had. Yeah, I never got that vibe from Joan Jett that she never took off her leather pants. But then if you look now, every time I see Joan Jett, she's wearing nothing but leather pants. Yeah. <laughs> but I can see, like, at then, she's like, yeah, it was the valley. I wore jeans. And then I was, um, I did a bit of a YouTube dive. I was watching the Runaways, like, live performances. And, like, yep, just, like, jeans, jeans. So I'm like, yeah. okay, good. Because I can't imagine. <laughs> My God. It's, like, maybe November, December. In January into February, you could probably get away with maybe some leather in the valley. Leather pants, that is, but yeah. I, 
I did. I did watch Friends. I wasn't like a um, a super fan that I had to always see it. But my favorite episode was when Ross had Ross the leather, the leather pants. pants. Couldn't get him back up after he went to the bathroom, so he put baby powder to dry, and that just so created a, a classic. Oh, that um, was. Why did you ever have leather pants? No, I did. No, Poppy what? did. Poppy had leather. Poppy and Gina had leather pants. I went through a very big Joan Jet phase. <gasps> did you really? It was like. More of like an Ashley Simpson phase who so I was like Yeah, she ripped the off Ashley Joan Simpson Jett. version of Joan Jet. Yeah, where I dyed my hair black. And it was so bad, like block like from a box. There has to be a picture somewhere. It's I will not it's like it looks so bad because the haircut was like not good either. And I wore leather I had leather pants. Do you have pictures of this? And I wore nothing but skin tight t-shirts only skin tight how old were you what like 20 well my ashley simpson phase started when i was like so this is like 2008 but then what yeah like right a few years before this movie came out wow yeah wow no, I no, I never. You, you've seen these. Yeah, I don't I mean, have your thighs. We, my we thighs and my calves. <laughs> Poppy had um a pair of dark brown leather pants, and the um the seam on the side then did a V, and he and it had um brown a different color brown suede in the in the cutouts to make oh. them flares. And then he had a jacket that matched. And that was what hooked you. (laughs) And and that's why you left Steely Dan in his apartment, in his trailer. In his trailer. Trailer. (laughs) Oh, Kentucky. Okay, we are to positive reheatables, yes? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, wide leg jeans. Oh, we yeah. saw them. And the Hollywood sign before it got redone. Mm-hmm. Um, kimonos. They each bought a kimono in Japan. I miss that. And Kim, because he was a, a pretty good manager. I mean, he took, he stole their a lot of their money, but he did get them a record deal. He got them, you know, to be able to go to Japan. So he got them prepared for people throwing shit at him. And when did that become a thing? That you could throw stuff at people on the stage. That's since uh, Vaudeville, yeah? <laughs> I guess it is. Since, since time immemorial, since people, since egos. <laughs> that everybody is constructed with being either superior or inferior to everyone else and that whole thing. I feel like he was more negative than positive, but he but did he, yeah. do a couple things for them. Okay. Other people's positives. I just, I said Joan Jett mm-hmm. and 70s style. Cherie's red flight suit that she asked <laughs> yeah. her sister if she gets, yeah. 
and a I roller mean, rink. Believe my grandma has that same fight suit. She wears the, it every Christmas. Yeah, minus the patches. And those are mine. I have, I think, like, it's maybe the first shot or first couple of shots. Um, oh, that's not nail polish. No. Uh, I was like, oh, okay, that's what we're doing. And then it made me have to check myself and unpack my, like, okay, what's, why is this? Why are you like, oh, my gosh, what are they do? You know, because it's. And that's how we. You have to have the women who run the marathons without any feminine hygiene products to show that it's normal. And this is how we get to normalization. And mm-hmm. it's not. And it it takes being like, okay, okay, we're doing this on film because this is a normal part of it. And oh, all right, I need I need to check myself and be like, no, this is normal. What is there? to be disgusted by this is not black women invented rock and roll <laughs> but it's still yeah it was i had to do some work and and i left it out of my uh setting the table but it was uh girls sticking up for girls you know fine but and every girl is totally embarrassed and it, we shouldn't be uh well they shouldn't be <laughs> not my problem anymore um because <laughs> it's just something that happens and so okay it it was um it was a touch jarring oh my gosh teeny just sent us a i had those same glasses <laughs> wow you, you, i mean you're not, now. i don't see the um the leather pants I don't have a, no, I don't have a picture of that, but that was my black hair. I don't, it's not awful. Yeah, well, you could, you pulled it off. Okay. Look at you, Joan Jett Jr. JJ, Triple J. I, I'm not, I'm not enjoying that as much as I wanted to. I know, because it, <laughs> it's like, it looks fine. I'm like, oh man. Oh, uh, I have the valley. There were so many shots where I'm like, hmm, I feel like I've, I feel like that's down the street where they are. Um, with Joan Jett going electric in front of her guitar teacher. I thought that was a great scene. The guitar riff of David Bowie's Rebel Rebel. Man, love that. I also love the beginning of the Stooges' I Am Not Your Dog. It's one of the great intros, too. And then they, and then just the way that the dum 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 I'm like, oh, man. That's great. And finally, I have, um, I'm with Teeny and stuff, the, the boot camp to prepare them. It's uh, a bit extreme, but it did. It worked. It they were able work. to, to bounce the thing. Because if they hadn't done that, it they would have just stopped playing. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have known what to do. They would have stopped playing. And it and it's like, look, I'm preparing you. It's the, the thing of like what you know what you have to prepare your kids for. It's like, look, this is the way that the world should be, and this is how we all should act toward one another. Unfortunately, this is the way the world is, and you need to know the way the world is, and you need to have these things in your tool belt. Those are my positive reheatables. Outstanding. 
So we are to quotables and I have two because I forgot to be writing them down as I was watching just, it. Just rusty. Yeah. It, I, yeah, I was rusty. And this podcast is probably a touch rusty as well. Um, girls don't play electric guitars. You know, that's just like, that was 75. Come on. And we just learned that a whole bunch of women, uh, Sister Rosetta. Yeah. People have been playing electric guitars as long as electric guitars have been electric. And um, how are you feeling? I think uh, she said to Dakota Fanning, um, and Dakota goes, like a peach. (laughs) That's an homage to Aaron. That's an homage to Aaron. What a peach. Those are mine. I have, this I can't remember who said this, but one of the girls said, I want what he's wearing. Oh. Joan Jett. Joan Jett. Yeah, yeah, we went clothes shopping. Uh, and then mom's going to kill you. It really looks terrible. And she said, good. Yeah. <laughs> Sharia. Yeah. It's exactly what you were going for. Um, My brother says guys don't like girls that are tough. They said guys like, he said guys like girls that are soft and flirty. And then she said, he would say that. He's a pussy. <laughs> Which I, I wrote that down too because I was gonna say words my brother never said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then a little Bowie, a little Bardot, and a look on your face that says I could kick a truck driver. Mm-hmm. That's I what have. Going for. I have. We love your look <laughs> because it's like you alluded to before, Mom. Like, ah, you got the look. <laughs> Exactly. That's right. That's all we need is the look. We I think can... the, the height of that is probably Millie Vanilli. <laughs> like if you, yep. you just go by that. But it's it really is. I mean, I think like Lady Gaga would she could just talk your ear off about the look mm-hmm. of how you know, like this beautifully talented vocalist, and she's like, I had to come up with this whole persona because I had to have the look. Um, and then I, you see, you see, you see veterans of Broadway, Patty Lapone, and you go, "What? Look, didn't Lady Gaga have?" But Lady Gaga wasn't. But Patty Lapone isn't a rock star, you know. But but my understanding was Lady Gaga. What's her real name? Stephanie. Yeah. It, Something Italian. Yeah, no. Um, she had <laughs> she had gone, she had tried Broadway and they said you don't have the right look. And so that's when she went into her. Oh um, yeah. That's that was my understanding. And yeah. I kept going, Adina Menzel, Patty Lapone. I mean yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a tale as old as time. It's, it is. Beauty and the beast. And we have just lost Erin. So oh, she's Oh, I'm I'm here. I said that um when Kim said that you want to be an artist, saw off your ear. That I thought that was hilarious. I did too, because I got the I got the reference, you know, Van Gogh. Not that he wore a kimono. 
So now we're to LVPs. And mine I brought up before was being 15 in a rock band period, let alone a girl rock band in the 75, 76, 77 crazy times where we had several serial killers. Yeah. With no adult supervision at all. Uh, and their parents didn't even care. Oh, just send them out because I mean that being from dysfunctional families that would that would um help with the uh, the drug issue that was going on. I well, luckily none of them really had the look for the serial killer. Yeah. Except for Cherie maybe. Um, she might have been a she little had blonde hair, so. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't the, were... the drummer had like dirty blonde hair parted in the middle. Yeah. I'm thinking Ted Bundy. The, and the drummer is the one who is sadly no longer with us. Had a rough, rough life. Did she? It just seemed like after the after the band dismember, like when it's separate away, then dismember. it was dismembered. <laughs> uh, broke up. Let's say yeah, broke up. Yeah, then they broke up when they went their separate ways. That yeah, that she just had a because she was a really good drummer and had a you know, was doing things here and there and then had to get out of music and then be doing that from such a young age and mm-hmm. like you're so good at it. And then you have to do like, you know, quote, go straight. And then I'm sure there were drugs involved and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and like, yeah, I, I forget what she, yeah, she like passed away like yeah, relatively young. You reach your peak at 16, 17. What's there left to live for? I wouldn't know. I I have yet to reach my peaks. So. <laughs> yeah. See exactly. And I think it is that we that interesting thing of the people who, when they are fifteen, like there's only going to be a certain demographic of people who, like you say, have parents who maybe aren't around or maybe they need to get out. Like, and we keep seeing it over and over again, and in these movies, like with. Joan mm-hmm. Crawford, you know, where it's like, I'm in a tor- terrible situation. I have to get out. And I don't really know too much about Joan Jett's background, if it was that thing, or if, like, with her, it was this, this like, I love rock music. I love playing guitar. I, I know that this is what I want to do, so I'm going to go out and play, and that's what I have to do, you know? Like, when the in the same way that a basketball prodigy if you're really good at basketball and you this is you have to play like all the time and all the time and you're good enough that you keep being able to move up to the different levels, you know, that's only a select amount of people. And then there's a broader pool of people who are damaged and they look at that as like a way out or they don't know any better. Right. Kind of thing. Or there's nothing else. Like, yeah, there's like nothing Tom else. Brady. I mean, he's proven everything, but he can't stop playing football he just can't cool teeny well my lvp is drug addictions uh yeah there were so many drugs in the 70s just so i mean at the time of this recording may 22nd two o'clock pacific standard time keith richards lives and that's the problem because everybody keeps going, 
dang, I haven't done a third of what Keith Richards did. I can keep going. I hope that man has donated his body to science. I think it's all pretty much. Um, Let's see. Yeah. I yeah, want to really. see. Yeah. Donate Either that was, bad boy. He wasn't doing everything that we thought he did, but his face kind of tells the story that he did, and he still lives. Or does he just have like old white pe- person face? And it's like, I've gotten away with so many stories and tall tales. And really, I'm a teetotaler. Yeah. Because <laughs> he has like white guy, like British white guy face. Very positive. just like, my God, that man has done so many drugs. No, it's just old British white man face. Yeah. No, he, he, he just went to bed when everybody else was doing the partying and the smashing <laughs> of the room and. Just has this reputation. Wow. Okay, so MVPs? I, wait, my LVP is misogyny. In this film, they referred to rock and roll as, quote, the sport of men. And, of course, I'm going to just bring this up back to cast again because if this is an example of how cast hurts everyone. It doesn't just hurt the people with the lowest thing of the cast. You know? You think that... So my favorite Led Zeppelin song is When the Levee Breaks, and it was originally recorded in 1929 by Kansas Joe McCoy and Memphis Minnie, a.k.a. the Queen of the Blues. Yeah. And this was one of the the times that Led Zeppelin actually did um, acknowledge credit. Yeah, because Led Zeppelin just... Just completely stole, and that's why. But that's why I know who Sun House is. It's why I know who Robert Johnson is. Yeah. But but the misogyny shows up in not knowing about Sister Rosetta, the mini, uh, Memphis Mini. You know all of these women. Hound Dog, a hit that was originally done recorded by Big Mama Thornton. She was paid five hundred dollars. And her rendition of Hound Dog sold millions. And she was just paid $500 for it. And Mm. then when Elvis Presley re-recorded it, it it took off. And they tried to get Big Mama Thornton to get on the same stage for her and Elvis. Do the same song. Elvis said, no, no, no. No, no, no. I don't need people to know where this song came from. No. It's going to be real interesting. This uh, Elvis biopic. Yeah. Real interesting. Y'all do know that it's 2022 now, and I feel like expectations have changed in that so many other people have voices now in the old, the old public square. Okay. Uh, yeah, and it just goes back to, uh, you know what? I might change my... My LV, my, man, because the, that that's such a, fr- I'm watching this movie and I'm so frustrated, like being a woman and just like, uh, all this stuff. And then I go back and learn a little bit of history and I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe if we weren't so stuck in cast based on color, y'all would have had a, y'all white woman would have had a much easier time. And it's just, it just repeats itself when you see, like, with abortion and stuff. And you're just like, hey, so many people, just so many, you know, women went with cast. And look where we're at now. And I just see it. 
and it it just made it really frustrating for me in this movie that they they made no mention of it and that they're projected as the runaways. They fought misogyny, you know. They were the first women to stand up. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, you know, you just completely whitewashed this whole thing. I I do wonder if this movie came out now, if there would have been any sort of acknowledgement. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, hope, I feel like we're going backwards. But, so, you know, we're in reverse. So I'm not a big Joan Jett scholar, but I don't. I hope that it's a thing with like, you know, like Mick Jagger, the Rolling Stones, you know, the Beatles. They were always very open on mm-hmm. the black. But it was always black men that they took from. And I, I just hope that that there is that they have that even though it wasn't shown in this that right. that exists cuz i know i know that there's a dip, this is a film how much do they have over the say of it joan jet was a, a producer i do know that there's a limitation in what film can do right not showing everything but i just think that this is a but then you know this is the brown girl talking so <laughs> that's just what i'm bringing to it yeah, and more people are talking about the um, the same sex relationships than they are the the fact that there were the people before them, which is weird because that's weirdly like what the whole runaways thing like got boiled down to. So I I thought that was an interesting choice in the movie from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like, what did you guys think? I just uh, and then you you. I didn't love. I mean, I don't think it's a great movie to begin with. No, it was. Yeah, I like the idea of them more than the. Then I like Joan Jett in real life more than the. I don't think the movie was good. Right, right. It's like. That's why I'm like, yeah, they. That's the side of the story they. Yeah. Chose to tell, like I didn't really, you know, it's not. This big masterpiece no yeah no i felt like they kept it on a really um even keel you know like they weren't going to go too far into i I don't know i felt like it it, it didn't have heart Mm -hmm. well i read that the director the writer director that she wanted it to be a coming of age story and not so much a biopic hmm and so that that was... I, it was, I guess. Well, it was definitely like, more of that than a biopic. Yeah. It wasn't a biopic because yeah. it only showed how she got started. Like, it didn't have right. anything to do right. with the yeah. what people actually know her for. I right. I think Karina Longworth did a... Teeny, did you read her review of this? She mm-hmm. wrote a review of this, and she's so much smarter than me in film and all of that. And so you can Google like what she says of the film. And it's just, I, I, I don't know. It was one of those things where I watched it. And I'm like, I don't really love this film. And I can't uh-uh. pinpoint exactly why this isn't something that I'm enjoying. Like, I was like really it was not enjoying, but just like, that's what we did with this. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It could have been something much better and cooler. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Okay. So my MVP, um, Aaron, has just blown out of the water. <laughs> no, I probably have the same MVP. I am so, you know me, Ma. I'm so contradictory. 
No, but mine is that, okay, quotation marks. It was the first female rock band that then inspired other female bands. Yeah, I they mean, did. So that is that is the MVP for me, that, that at least it was inspiring for young women to get out there and do their thing. I mean, and, I remember, like, like, you know, Joan Jett, I Love Rock and Roll, being a little kid and not uh-huh. knowing that that was different because you have Joan Jett and then you have Tina Turner, who's... Yeah basically has like the same hairstyle and so there wasn't this big difference it wasn't until you know you learn later on about how different that was and stuff and that like yeah they their influence is is so great but then it's just so sad because it's like we could have had this influence so mm-hmm. so long like right. like so much more right like, like people now in their 20s and stuff, because they have YouTube, are, are now being like, oh, like I was watching this thing on the Internet and there's like this black woman and she's, you know, guitarist and she's doing this guitar and, you know, being taunted by classmates in school. Of like, what are you doing? Like black people don't do rock and roll and all, like all mm-hmm. this stuff. And, it, and then she, you know, you come to find out, you're like, no, black women actually invented rock and roll. I've drawn to this because it's in my blood. This is this is my birthright. Like. Don't make this weird on me. This is my place. Yeah. So, Erin, your MVP? I I have two co-MVPs. Um, my first is Sheree Curry. Because just based oh, yeah. on the... I'm basing my MVP solely on this movie, which yeah. could be problematic, but that's the framing device. So know this. Because based on the movie... Um, for choosing herself and walking away from well and going her own path, you know, it's like she was into the drugs and all of that, and it was abusive, and the guy was saying all this stuff about her, and everybody's saying all this stuff about her, and gets you know hooked on the drugs, the narcotic, and you know goes to her own life and is working in a bakery, and then eventually picks up a chainsaw and is a great wood artists who knew yeah she is she is i don't think we have that on tape that she is an outstanding artist chainsaw yeah yeah Um, and then joan jett for also choosing herself and when the band breaks up goes her own path she's i mean she's still making music she Mm -hmm. produced the germs only album and she's also produced artists from the Germs, who are, a, I believe, like a punk band. All the way, she's produced for Big Daddy Kane, who is a huge rap artist, one of the foundational wow. rap artists. So it's just, and still in the game, still wearing leather pants and rocking it out, you know, and out there. So just that, you know, those are the two that I have. Not letting a setback, losing one member of the band who was a huge member of the band uh, uh well, yeah it. and when she did the 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 Joan Jett and the Blackhearts like you know coming up with that they recorded stuff and they were rejected by i think 23 labels or something and then that's when they did it themselves and made Blackheart Blackheart Records and released the album herself and i think it's like in 1981 and then the second, I think that was released like early in 1981. 
And then if you go on Spotify, you look at her follow-up album is also in 1981. It was at the end of 1981. So she's just striking, just in there, just recording, mm-hmm. recording, and just doing it, you know, being about that life. Well done. Well, we are to recasting, and I didn't do one because it's pretty specific. I mean, it's got to be a white female Young girl, young girls recasting. So I didn't do it. Did you do one? I did a recasting, but you know me, not in the way that you would think. Okay. So my recasting is for a film that, you know, Hollywood gets involved. The titles of these films are going to be a little bit wonky and like, I think we could have come up with a better title, but I decided to name my fictional biopic this title because I felt like this is what Hollywood would name it. And that is the film Soul Sister, which is the biopic film of Sister Rosetta Tharp. I was hoping you were going to do that. And I have decided to cast Dominique fishback as sister rosetta tharp and you may know her she was in judas and the black messiah um she was also in that hbo show that was about that the Times square area when porn was coming a thing oh wait 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 the one with uh deuce yeah the yeah the deuce Mm -hmm. so i've cast her and that's my my biopic for Soul Sister. Because <laughs> that's that's what we would do now. We, we would be like, we got the runaways. Now we need to do mm-hmm. the woman who did rock and roll, who created rock and roll, birthed it. Dominique who? Fishback. Remember, she was um, in uh, Fred Hampton's um, significant other in yes, Jesus and the yes, Black yes. Messiah. Oh, yes. Yeah, fantastic actress. Oh, Would yeah. Would love it. Would kill it in Soul Sister. Yeah, she was Darlene on The Deuce. Mm-hmm. Outstanding. I am going to assume, and that makes an ass out of you and me, that Christine did not do a recap. Really? You're right. <laughs> so... I really expected there Unless you do. I'm thinking it's always sunny where all the guys play (laughs) members of the band and D is the manager. And D like just treats them as shittily as Kim Fowley. Yeah. Yeah. There's mine. Well done. So I thought there'd be a ton of tasty titties about this. Like there had to be a lot of gossip about between Kristen Stewart, Dakota Fanning, the whole Joan Jett getting involved. I mean, there ha- I didn't Lita, find Lita Ford. <laughs> She's not so much in this, but I do remember her from the eighties and stuff popping up here and there of being like, I'm Lita Ford. Yeah. So I only had that um, Joan Jett gave Kristen Stewart her approval. She uh, she listened to some of the stuff that Kristen Stewart sang and didn't realize that it was Kristen Stewart, not herself. Yeah, and I think it's also interesting to point out that Kristen Stewart made this film in between her Twilight films. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, so that that... that it's in, now we're looking at it as Krista Stewart is this bona fide actress and stuff. But at the time of this, 
Kristen Stewart was, oh, she's just that Twilight girl, you know? Like, she yeah. was just wrapped also, around in Yeah, that. a child actress who then got into Twilight, and yeah. Okay. Other tasty titties? None for me. I have that Kim Fowley, his dad, get this, Ma, and Teeny. His dad played movie director Roscoe Dexter in Singing in the Rain. What? Yeah, that's Kim Fowley's dad. Oh, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And this, I knew exactly who this guy was and that he was a real guy because I saw the 2003 documentary. Um, there's this documentary called Mayor of the Sunset Strip, and it's about this character who we see briefly in the film, Rodney Bingenheimer. And he's the guy that at the, at the beat, well, they meet at his, he had this club on the sunset called, I believe is Rodney Bingenheimer's. Yes. London club. It was something like that. Yeah. And then he went on to be a DJ. He had this show called Rodney on the rock, which is R O Q because K rock is K R O Q. And in Los Angeles, that, the rock station like that's the la rock station and so from 1976 to 2017 this guy rodney bingenheimer had this show and he had the ear he was kind of this zelig character and that's what this documentary is about he's his life intertwined with all these different people and he was really uh like the guy that played him in this movie that's how he is a small guy had wispy bangs and he he had it's hard to do his voice but his voice is very squeaky and very deadpan and not ex, not at all a radio voice like you would think yeah but to me seemed and this is outdated but somewhere on the spectrum okay like that was the the vibe that even in my in when I was watching this as a in 2000 2005 like you know whenever it came out to video and I could see it of just because by then like in college I was all about glam so then you know I would hear like oh mayor of sunset who is this guy and he broke on his Rodney on the rock uh, show these new bands that nobody had ever heard of before like Blondie Van Halen Duran Duran The Cure No Doubt Blur Nirvana Hey, he was he was so influential of oh, just wow. being in and out of these of these people's lives, this lar- larger than life sort of L.A. rock mainstay. I thought he had passed away. <laughs> Turns out still alive. Um, he's now on Sirius XM's Little Stevie's Underground Garage. So Rodney Bingenheimer is still with us. I, oh, my gosh. I'm for sure I had read his obituary. <laughs> Uh, ah, and you might have. <laughs> yeah, but he's—I don't know. He's just that. It's just a very interesting in the brief. Like that's how he is. It's not at all what you would think of the mayor of Sunset Strip of being this small man with this really squeaky voice who is so. I mean, the man had an ear. He could yeah. hear something and just be like, "That yeah. plays. That plays." And so it was just. Very interesting. To, and I, I knew exactly what I saw. I was like, oh, my God, that's Rodney Bingenheimer, Rodney on the Rock. That was the thing. Um, 
it's crazy that this band, the Runaways, they started in 75 and by 79 they had disbanded. It's just yeah. like you said, Ma, that's four years. That's a blink of an eye. Yeah. You know, it goes by fast. Okay. Remember how I mentioned that Scotty was played by Johnny Lewis? So Johnny Lewis was an actor and he was, I knew him from Sons of Anarchy because I watched around this time. Um, but and I remember hearing this is a, this is sad about what happened next. So I remember that he was half sack on Sons of Anarchy and he had a motorcycle accident in October 2011 and got a head injury and he didn't get treatment for it. And he mm. developed illogical behavior. He got mm. into legal trouble, drugs, mm. and he was in and out of jail. And in September 2012, um, he got out of jail. And less than a week later, he murdered his landlord, Catherine Davis, who she owned a bed and breakfast that was famous for up-and-comers out in L.A., of you know, Hollywood types, that was like, here, there's a safe place that you can come and work on your craft and not have to mm-hmm. worry about things. Um he when he started out he had lived there and so when he got out of jail he went back to there the neighbors called the police and when the police arrived they found him in the driveway deceased um and then they went to look around because they had heard like the screams and they found Catherine Davis and they determined that she had been strangled manually strangled mm-hmm. um and they looked in his system. He had no drugs in his system. And his his family was just like, yeah, ever since that motorcycle accident, mm-hmm. like he, he developed these strange things. And, he, and they tried to get him help to go, you know, like you need to go get help and then add on the drug addiction and stuff, sprinkle that in. And he wasn't hearing any of that. So they de- they didn't determine how exactly it was that like he died they think that like he strangled a woman and then he like fell off the roof somehow or something i just remember like it was in the valley and it was like half sack what oh so it was really sad so when he popped up and i was like oh i know what, what happened here. Oh. But, but a true crime spears into my favorite murder land um yeah, so that's sad. Head traumas, crazy thing. Mm. So there, we already mentioned how the director wanted to make a coming of age film and not a biopic. Um, Cherie, because this says that it's based on her book Neon Angel. Cherie was happy with the performance that Dakota Fanning did, but she knows that this was the filmmakers' movie and this is their version of the story. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things, obviously, that was mm-hmm. in the book that they didn't that they cut out. And then finally, I have, you know, the band that bullies them from doing sound check in the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Joan Jett says it was Rush. That oh was really? Band. Oh, interesting. So those are my tasty titties for the Runaways. Tini, any tasty titties? None for me. Well, that is our podcast of The Runaways. Not my fave film we've ever done. 
No, but a good story there. And mm-hmm. I I got to learn that black women invented rock and roll. So there you go. So that's a win-win. This is awesome. So next week. It's my pick, but we're going to do one of your picks. Okay. Oh. Because we agreed that if we did, we did choose your adventure a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. And we agreed that if we picked a different movie, then that we would do this movie on Memorial Day. Okay. So we're gonna do the Deer Hunter. Uh, um, it's gonna be so a little. If you'd like to say anything about it? You may. I know nothing. Okay. Here is it the seventies, right? Yeah. It is, and she's very smart because if if y'all don't like it, it's on me. Um. But it is an iconic film. Is it the first Robert De Niro film that we see him in? No, we've done Godfathers. And this is 78. Yeah. Okay. And we we see a young Meryl Streep as well. And we see uh, Christopher Walken. And um, John Cassavale. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, um, yeah, it's, it's Vietnam. So for our Vietnam veteran friends and friends of Vietnam friends, this is a, this is one for you guys. Wow. Teeny picked a three hour, three minute. I didn't didn't pick it. (laughs) See, it's going to come back to me. That's okay. The viewers to know the listeners to know. I am pick it. I'm just approving it. Exactly. And we it probably need to break it up into two parts, you know? Give yourself an intermission in there. Yeah, it, maybe an hour a day. There you go. And then we should have it done by the time we uh, meet again. Yeah. Well, there you go, listeners. This was... If we're recording on Monday, <laughs> next Monday, we all know why. <laughs> And that's a possibility as well. Okay, listeners, there you go. Oh, oh,